Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I'm going to introduce a little bit different kind of idea this week. We're going to talk sales and marketing integration because we are teammates in this thing too. Selling is a team sport and I'm bringing in some marketing experts to help us talk about that whole process. I have with me Sean Duffy and Kevin McCaughey from the Duffy Agency. Did I get that name right, guys? Absolutely. All right. Well, today, as I said, we're going to talk a lot about, uh, you know, sales and marketing integration. We've got three major ideas to sort of run by you folks. But first, since this show is called Ales with Aslan, we we have to start with a beer. And uh, Sean, I'm going to look at you first. What do you have that's cold, frosty, and refreshing in that hand of yours? I have a a beer called Doc Duffy's Miracle Health Elixir. Ooh. Um, and it's under that it says control alt delete alt beer <laughs> tagline because 2020 sucked it's time to reset life so yeah big promises i don't know that's uh, big promises i like yeah. that i like that will you crack that open and tell all us right. how that tastes okay all right kevin what are you working on over there all right i've got a uh Paul Honor hefeweizen it's a uh, munich wheat beer and i Picked that one out because I loved the days when I was working in Munich and uh, doesn't have a catchy tagline like Mr. Duffy's there, but uh, it's a big bottle. <laughs> well, that should get you through the next 30 minutes. Okay, then. Excellent. You have, what's the alcohol by, val- by volume on either of those? I've got um, 6.2%. Okay. Wow. That's, that's getting up there. How about you, Kevin? Five and a half. Five and a half. All right. I'm going to go with something a little lighter than the two of you. I have a Grayton Beer Company 30A Beach Blonde Ale. The tagline is Beach Blondes Have More Fun. So mm-hmm. we've, so there's that. Uh, we've got a 4.6% and the IBUs on this bad boy are 13. Kevin, what did I think you said yours was 16? 16, yeah. Yeah, so we have some listeners out there that are really getting into the IBUs. So I'm going to crack this and let them know what this Beach Blonde tastes like. Let's see. Oh, that's tasty. A little fruity. Tasting a little accent of of sorts. That's pretty good. Well, guys, welcome to Ales with Aslan. Uh, First time for both of you on the show, although longtime listeners, I hear. So that's that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about sales and marketing and, and the, the importance of that integration. Uh, we always talk about sales as a team sport, the, the team of sales leader and sales managers, a team, sales, uh, sales rep and, and SE, system engineer is a team. What about this idea of marketing and sales being a team? Let's, let's talk a little bit about that because I know, Sean, you've written a book. Um, it's an international bestseller, right? Did I, did I get ahead of us a little bit? Well, released this week. So um, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not today, but on its way to week. being. Yeah. But what, tell us about the book and tell us a little bit about your, your, your ideas from a, from a marketing and sales perspective up front. Well, the, the book is really aiming towards helping uh, people who want to develop strong brand equity. Um, that, that's a technique, but the idea is for sales growth. Yeah. And the two is, you know, can't be divorced. And this right. book makes, I think, a, a compelling case on uh, why it's possible and how they can be integrated together, uh, sales and marketing. 
Yep. And it has a focus on international. We've, um, uh, Duffy Agency has been working on international branding uh, for many years. So this is particularly poignant for companies that are selling in more than one country. Excellent. Well, and I think, you know, so the, Scott, I, yeah, please I just want to jump in and, you know, uh, so Sean mentioned uh, for those who want to develop brand equity and the question might be, well, uh, for your, for a sales audience, why, why would that matter? And <laughs> right. it matters very much um, because the way we see the world uh, when the marketing function is really working well for sales and an organization, then sales and brand are working equally hard to attract customers, to um, create receptivity, and that translates into more margin. Yep. Uh, we'll get into more of that, I'm sure, but um, just real briefly, I think uh, there's a real strong connection there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how a sales rep could, um, could disagree that, that the brand that is associated with the company that they sell for is important, right? If you're selling for a brand that's got a, a negative impression, that just makes your job very, very difficult. If you're selling for a brand that's a top brand in the world, conversely, that makes your job much easier. Um, you know, I, I think, Kevin, I, I told you this story, and John, I, I may have told you, I worked for a top three brand in the world back in the early 90s when I sold for Kodak. And I was very proud to be a part of that. Now, I'm not as proud now because I don't even know what Kodak is anymore. But <laughs> when I was there, you know, Mercedes, Coke, Kodak, those were three mm -hmm. brands anybody anywhere in the world could know. And so it was super easy for me to get appointments when I said I'm with Eastman Kodak. And, mm -hmm. you know, not easy, but it was easier probably than working for Konica or Minolta or some of the other ones that were lower down on the copier food chain. Um, and so, so I'd like to get your impression. Do you see that with other clients that you deal with? Um, do you see brand being as important as I once recognized it when I was at Kodak? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, were you on the B2B side of Kodak? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, a big misnomer is that brand only matters if you're a Coca-Cola selling to consumers. Yeah. Um, it's just as strong with B2B. And there's a lot of, a lot of evidence for this. If, another great example is Honeywell. Yeah. Um, Honeywell rarely sells to consumers, uh, yet since its inception, they have really focused on building their brand. Um, and the value of that was obvious when I got bought by Allied Signal, who was twice their size. Allied retired their brand and called themselves Honeywell from there on in because they recognized the greater brand equity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, and, and when you're talking B2B, uh, this connection, you know, the, the importance of brand is, I think, uh, ever greater when you consider that in a lot of complex B2B sales these days, the decision maker is a committee. And Very true. now you've got lots of decision makers that, need to get comfortable with who you are. And one way they can do that is through a strong brand. That's a great point. It is a very good point. I mean, and you know, uh, I love that illustration, Sean, you told because, you know, um, I've heard of many companies that when they acquire a super brand and then try to change that brand to fit the, the parent company, they've struggled mightily. I mean, I know of, I, I know of a couple right off the top of my head, I shouldn't name them, but, but, you know, that's a dangerous um, thing. And it's, it's dangerous for the company, but it's dangerous for the sales reps, right? You've been selling a, a world-class brand and then a company comes in over the top and wants to change the brand and you lose all that equity, 
Absolutely. Especially if your brand is known for certain things. Right. Um, let's say an easy example, Rolls Royce, and then Rolls Royce buys VW. And now you're trying to sell a VW bug under the Rolls Royce brand. It's not going to work. Um, and I think that's where it's really important uh, when brands are acquired or with mergers and acquisitions, especially yeah. that great care is taken to that. And sometimes it's better just to leave the brand separate if, if they're not going to go together because it gets impossible to sell them if you've been working on creating a certain brand image with your buyers. So let's, let's do this. Let's get into the academic side of the brand. Just, just a few minutes for the, for the reps, because I know in looking at your book, you've got a pretty good um, diagram that sort of explains how this all works together. Can you take us through that? Yeah, I'll let Kevin walk through the details. I could just let you know that the, the, the first model we use is basically what we believe marketing should be doing. And I think a lot of the disconnect between sales and marketing folks is uh, salespeople can, or, mar or the marketing department itself might only be doing one of these three functions or not a even good job at one of the functions. We see yeah. marketing is, is carrying out three core functions and I'll let, I'll let Kevin explain. Sure. Sure, thanks, Sean. So if you think of a Venn diagram where you've got you know, three circles uh, that are overlapping. Yeah. Um, and so one of those circles, uh, is sales and what is marketing's role when it comes to sales? Um, it is about helping sales increase the probability of making sales today or this month or this quarter. Um, on the other hand, uh, another circle you've got is uh, brand equity. And so what's the role that brand equity should be playing when it comes to sales and mm -hmm. the performance of the company? Mm -hmm. And that is brand equity is increasing the probability of future sales. Mm -hmm. So like we were talking before about that strong brand that's out in the market working um, and being active and, you know, people are paying attention, people are seeing it, people are considering it. So there's that sense that, you know, the brand is working to draw, um, you know, customers to you next quarter or next year. And the other key component then is margin. And, you know, there's, there's a sense in uh, the marketing and branding world that if you're not a brand, you're a commodity. Yeah. I don't think any salesperson wants to compete at the level of a commodity. And so that's the other thing that brand is really doing for any business. Um, it's elevating them into, you know, the upper level of the marketplace where uh, the margins are richer, the air is thinner and the competition is, uh, uh, far and few between. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. Um, and for those that are on their treadmills or walking right now, um, we've got to figure out a way to get you a, a look at this Venn diagram because it's, it's crystal clear now that I'm looking at it. Um, and, and hopefully uh, the word pictures that Kevin used made that clear, but the, the bottom line is what, Th that these things have to be managed in relation to each other and sales and marketing play a key role in all of this and brand support sales uh, it all supports top line growth and margin, right? And so um, anything else on the, on the academics of this before we move into some of the other topics we want to cover today? You know, just the point that you made, I'll reinforce it, that um, these things have to be managed in relation to each other. It, they're, not, they're not independent operations. Yeah. Um, they go hand in hand. Um, yeah. You know, the sales effort, the branding and marketing effort, 
um, that's what really drives the performance and the margin for uh, salespeople and the company overall. Which is which is super important. And and so now another thing, as we were kind of talking about this podcast, we talked about um, how important this concept of you know Ales and As- Aslan uh, Ales with Aslan listeners will know this this concept of receptivity, right? Because we talk about it all the time. You cannot. Uh, persuade someone with logic when they're closed. And so you really need to focus them, focus on them from a, from a receptivity standpoint. It's like that seed and soil uh, analogy we use all the time. If, if you throw the best seed in the world on baked Georgia clay, it's not going to grow very, very easily. But if you till that soil and have a very receptive soil, your message, the seed is much more likely to grow and germinate. And so, you know, it's, it's crystal clear to me that marketing and brand play a, an important role in opening the receptivity of, of a prospect, right? And, and this is where the two have to really work together. But let's talk a little bit about how the brand can soften that soil and, 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 and get that, that audience more receptive. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, I mean, the process that we go through in branding is very similar to what might be what, what a salesperson would do one-on-one. Mm. I mean, first you have to know who you're talking to and, and identify them. And that way you can have some degree of empathy with them, if nothing else, and know what their, their topics are. Um, then you have to get in front of them. You, you have to get their awareness. Um, after that, they have to understand what it is you're there to sell. And for some products, that's really easy. Uh, yeah. For other products, less so. Um, but even after they understand what you sell, well, Typically these days, uh, there's five other versions of what you sell. So <laughs> right. why should I pick yours as opposed to the guy who was here yesterday in your, in your place? Yeah. Um, and even if you get through that with a good value proposition, you're, you're then down to, well, okay, but do, I've never heard of you before. Can I trust you? Right. Um, and especially if it's something where it involves, uh, you know, if, if failure would result in that person losing their job, trust becomes even more important. Um, and lastly, of course, is then how easy is it to purchase? Let's say I, I finally, okay, I, I do trust you. Um, how hard is this going to be to buy? Uh, just the logistics of, of, of acquiring the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, I mean, super, super points. Um, I know, I know we're, uh, you know, we're in a world where, uh, gosh, going back, I don't know, 2012, 13, there was that study. Um, I believe it was um, CEB that originally did it, which is now part of Gartner, but it was all about um, right. the idea that, that you know, a, a, a person, a, a, a buyer of any sort is somewhere between 53, 54, maybe even as high as 70% of the way through the buying process before a sales rep is even invited into the conversation. And if that's the case, like, Brand would play a key role in, in softening that beachhead is a term we've used before, mm-hmm. but making sure mm-hmm. that, that people uh, understand some of those things you just mentioned, that, that relevance, that awareness, that understanding, the interest and in d- developing that trust. That's all part of what marketing and brand can do before that sales rep is even invited in, right? That's such an mm-hmm. important uh, message for our, our group on the phone today, I think. Oh, they're not on the Absolutely, phone. They're on a podcast. Scott. Um, and- you know, as marketers, you know, we, we look at that as our contribution to the, you know, new customer acquisition process. Yeah. Um, that's what, that's what salespeople are out there doing every day, trying to bring in new customers. And so the point that you made about, 
you know, the customer's buying cycle, you know, maybe they're 54% of the way through it, maybe as much as 70%, according to some reports. I don't know which is right, but fact is, is they're a long way into the buying process. Yeah. So how do they find out about your company yeah. um, before they engage with uh, the salesperson? And that's where marketing is able to work this process, which is really very aligned to their decision-making process, helping them understand it, um, gain interest and trust it. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I think there's, you know, real nice um, uh, one-to-one alignment there um, in, in the way sales and marketing are approaching that um, customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. And well, when a well-oiled machine where the marketing department and the sales department are both using what, what we just refer to as an other centered position in, in, it, in their statements, whether it's a sales rep making the statement or a, or a marketing person, you know, putting together a, a piece of collateral or a social post or whatever that is, when it starts with what's important to the customer, delivers some sort of right. disruptive truth, and then ends with a proprietary benefit that's unique to your company, there's magic that can happen, whether it's marketing or sales. And, and so I think it's important that the audience recognize that if marketing truly is your, um, your partner in this whole thing, you guys should be talking on some level. Um, and, and, I, and I know I, we haven't really gotten into that yet, but I know you guys have opinions on, you know, marketing is a two-way street, right? Uh, Sean, you and I talked about this. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a to and from, right? I should, if I'm the sales guy and you're the marketing guy, you should be taking input from me and vice versa, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of marketing departments or most marketing departments are judged by their output. And that is how many brochures, how many trade shows did they do this year? How many things did they make? But a real marketing department, and the test of a good marketing department is the quality of their input and the volume of their input as well. And a, a big part of that is listening to the sales team. I mean, they're out there face-to-face with the target every single day. And if there's a wall between sales and marketing, that input doesn't flow to marketing. Um, and marketing can easily head off in another direction that doesn't make any sense for sales. Yeah. And since we kind of uh, migrated over to that section, let's, let's, let's sort of expand on that a little bit. Because, you know, um, I think I told you guys when we were, were talking about doing the podcast that I had I'd worked with a company uh, called Impact um, in 2020. And I'm still working with them now. Um, and, and they talked about this idea of they ask you answer marketing, meaning your customers have these same questions. 80% of customers have these exact same questions. And so if you answer these questions in your marketing, then your sales reps don't have to answer them every time they meet someone for the first time, right? Because if, if there's that much research going on beforehand, that 54 to 70% we estimate, then, then give them what they're looking for in that. And so this idea of marketing teams and sales teams working together to maybe pick that top 10 questions sales reps mm-hmm. get and build out your marketing around that. That's, that's, that's a real solution to that, to that issue, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, so uh, Scott, when I was on the you know, corporate marketing side of the table, yeah. uh, I, used to, I used to say, look, you know, if customers don't have a problem, then we don't have anything to sell. <laughs> um, they've got to have a problem. You've got to have, there's got to be something that you're doing for the customer that's either helping them solve a problem or take advantage and, you know, capture an opportunity. And, and so working sales and marketing, working as partners toward understanding, you know, what those problems and opportunities are that customers are trying to 
attend to and then showing them how your solutions can help them attend to those problems and opportunities better. Yep. That's when, you know, it really starts working. That's when the magic happens when, when you're both kind of focused um, in your own way, uh, playing your own role, sales and marketing on those customer uh, problems and opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Anything else that, you know, from, from that, from that perspective of marketing being responsive and interactive with the sales team, do you have any other pearls of wisdom or, or things that, that the marketing teams should be relying on sales to provide? Well, I, I think that input from there is important, but also if the marketing department is doing a lot of research into the market, they can actually feed the sales department some terrific insights whether it's into a competitor who's coming up with a new product that they should start to prepare for, or there's a certain sentiment growing among buyers that they should be aware of. And that can really give a, give the heads up to, uh, to sales as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it truly is a two way street. I think, I think sometimes, and, and I ran into this, you know, in, in that 2012, 13 uh, sort of arena where sales looked at marketing as a threat because of the 54%, right? They were looking at, they were looking at like us as, as competitors to them. And, and, you know, we overcame that where I was working, but I, but, but truly this is, this is a team effort. And I think we just showed with just a few examples that this can be a very, very fruitful two-way street by, by, by doing that. Um, there, Kevin, I know we've talked about, there's also like three levels of marketing. So why don't we talk about, you know, that, that sort of top level, bottom level, and middle level of, of marketing and how that's, you know, contributes to this sure. whole idea of, of, a, of a two-way street. Sure. Um, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, w- when we talk about three levels, it's almost, you know, three different types of approaches that corporate marketing departments take to the support that they provide to a business. Mm-hmm. You know, and so on one level, I, I, you know, for lack of a better term, just call it the top level. This is where corporate marketing is really, you know, structured um, and, and designed to deliver kind of a top down marketing approach through the business. So it's very oriented on um, that one big message and, you know, painting, you know, everything blue um, or whatever the brand color happens to be. Um, and, and, you know, on, on the bottom level, um, jump down to that layer, it's really a, an approach where the marketing team is really looked at as a sales support team. They're really not <laughs> doing marketing as much as they are supporting sales with, you know, handling the brochures, handling events, um, things that are very tactical. There's nothing very strategic to it. So it's almost You're not talking like, about like managing my golf tournament or something like that, are you? That's not, that's... That's <laughs> Scott, you, you can, you can manage your own golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need a strategic marketer to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <sighs> so, you know, if, if you think about it, it's like the top level is almost too strategic and the bottom level is not, it, it, it isn't strategic at all. It's the so wild west, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's in that middle layer where um, the marketing department um, really, and, and the sales team are really functioning um, as partners. As Sean pointed out, uh, you know, marketing is providing really high quality information about 
what's happening in the marketplace, what's happening with competitors, um, what's happening with you know changing customer needs and requirements. Um, marketing has a function called market research. Um, and so that's something that a good marketing department, when it's doing it really well, uh, can you know make the sales team a lot smarter than the competition sales team. And you know that's a good thing. Um, the and and then the other aspect, you know, is what we talked about before, where they're working together around the uh, complement, you know, around the um, opportunities and questions, problems rather that um, customers have, where marketing is reaching out to the market on a one-to-many basis yep. um, to soften that ground, and marketing is uh, sales rather is walking in, you know, on a one-to-one basis, and you know, by the way, earlier Scott, um, you were talking about when sales, you know, might have been at one point in time, maybe threatened by this idea of 54%. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something that customers did. Marketing didn't do that. Yeah. The market did that because of the internet. Yeah. But there's one role that, um, when I think on that, that sales plays that is indispensable that marketing can never touch. And that is the human relationship with the customer. Um, you know, in spite of all the digital and all the technology and all the internet, customers, especially in a complex B2B sale, they're going to want that human relationship and somebody and a person that they can trust. Yeah. So, you know, it's like marketing is giving them the company they can trust. Sales is giving them the person they can trust. And it's pretty good. That's a great point. That is a great point. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot that we've kind of unpacked here. Um, you know, uh, I, I just, I truly believe um, that that selling is a team sport, and and you know, the more people that we can have on our team that are that are high uh, performing members of the team, uh, the better off we're we're all going to be. And so, you know, one of the takeaways for me from a conversation like this is, if you don't know who your strategic marketing person, you know, every company's organized differently, but if you don't know someone in your marketing department you probably should as a sales rep. And certainly as a sales leader, you should be aware of who, who these people are. Uh, because the, I think we've shown you today that when you talk about you know, that, the, the brand as that overarching umbrella that all of us benefit from, um, it behooves all of us to have this two-way uh, dialogue ongoing between sales and marketing. And so, Sean and, and Kevin, I'm gonna give you the last word. Tell me a little bit about the book and a little bit about you know, where you're headed with your, your organization uh, as, you, as you seek to integrate sales and marketing around? Well, I, I, maybe I'll tackle the book, Kevin. Um, sure, go. I'll let you talk about the company. The, basically, the, the book is written in two parts. The first part is basically how to prepare the organization, internal issues that you should be working with um, when opening up a new market and preparing mm -hmm. sales and, and your marketing activities. The second half really has to do a lot with providing value. And I think this is something that, although it's written from a marketing perspective, and as you said, it's very similar process we have to work through it with the one exception that we're talking to thousands of people as opposed to one person at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And in that context, there's, uh, when you're dealing especially with multiple markets, it can get very complicated very quickly. And the second half of this book tries to provide some easy models to reduce that complexity, not ignore it, but make the complexity manageable um, when trying to increase value in a market uh, for your buyers. 
Excellent. And they can pick that up where? I mean, Amazon, anywhere, anywhere they buy books? Everywhere. Yeah, it's yep. pretty much everywhere now. And it's already a bestseller after three days. I mean, that's it, amazing. You, yeah, you must I, be one of the writer. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Kevin, any, any parting shots? Yeah, I would say that, you know, uh, where, we're, where we're going with the company, you know, we love what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, I just came over to uh, what I call the dark side, um, the agency side. Uh, from the corporate marketing side of the desk, and and uh, Sean always laughs because uh, he's always been over on this side. But uh, I really wanted to move to um, the agency side and experience life over here, and and it's a lot of fun. It's really um, fulfilling get getting to work with uh, lots of different customers um, that have different problems. Um, sometimes the problems that they've got, uh, you know, have some commonality and there are great solutions we can bring. One interesting thing is that there are a lot of those um, companies out there that you know, are at that bottom level of, of marketing and, and a lot of the people in that organization understand um, that marketing can be a lot more than it is. And so one thing that we're doing to help those teams in particular, whether it be you know, the um, leadership of the company or the leadership of the marketing department, is to really help them, you know, through training or workshops or what have you, understand and what is the what should be you be striving for um, to kind of break out of that um, sales support mode and move into a more strategic um, contribution to the company, and then you know we can help them do that or let them take that from there. So that's one other aspect that we get a lot of um, pleasure and fulfillment out of is just helping those um, marketing teams that are looking to change um, understand what is that change and then make that change. You do realize that for all the um, folks out there that use those strategic marketers for their own personal uh, assistance, we are, we are poking a hole in that strategy. So hopefully we haven't lost any listeners over this. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's, you can't, you know, they always say you can't BS a BSer. Like we've all done that guys. So, you know, you're, if you've, if you've had your own personal strategic marketer for a while, uh, it's time to give it back. Um, <laughs> we we got to work as a team. This is a two-way street, right? Well, guys, uh, this has been awesome. He's Kevin McCaw. He, he's Sean Duffy. They're from the Duffy Agency. The book is called International Brand Strategy, A Guide to Achieving Global Brand Growth. And it's available anywhere you buy books. Go check them out. You can find them on LinkedIn. Uh, and we are so happy to have had them. And we'll see you in another week on Ales with Aslan. Mm-hmm.